All right, you're very welcome along to a special RTE Rugby podcast here coming from the Aviva Stadium at the launch of RTE Sport and Virgin Media's television coverage of the upcoming Guinness Six Nations Championship. I'm here with former Ireland internationals Jamie Heaslip and Hannah Tyrrell, who'll be on the RTE panel over the coming weeks. Guys, thanks a million for joining us here. We're actually in person. You usually do this virtually. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a depart. Well, not not really, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we've been doing these things virtually. But listen, we're into the kind of couple of weeks before the championships kicking off. Squad was announced this morning. Thirty-seven man squad, and obviously we'll get straight into it. The big surprise, Jamie. No Joey Carberry. Well, I say big surprise. Are you surprised? I was going to say it's the start of Six Nations, and I know it is with you. We got fresh kicks on there. I like it. Um, <laughs> the Christmas vouchers came <laughs> out. It's okay. So um, it's funny with Joey. I think initially your gut would is surprised not to see it there because you've seen it so many times. But on when you step back and look on the merit of selection, I don't think you are surprised. I think it's a very fair um, selection at that position. Uh, what surprises me. Uh, is inclusion of people like Stockdale. I think that that, that does surprise me. Um, uh, Gavin Coombs, again, initially surprised you, but then on merit of it doesn't. I think he's taken the feedback or um, lack of inclusion in previous camps to to really um, go away, take the learnings, take the messages, and and come back better and stronger and fitter, which he looks like. and then it's exciting to see a selection like uh, Jamie Osborne, um, a great Lily White, uh, like myself. And I think it's great to see his inclusion and a lot of excitement around him and opportunity he might get. And uh, Crowley as well, come back to Joey. I think that's that's great. Yeah, and Hannah, it's to go back to the out-half situation, it is kind of funny if you were to say to someone probably six months or eight months ago, what would the, the three Irish out-halves be coming into the Six Nations when, you know, I think, you know, Harry Byrne has had a few injury niggles and Kieran Frawley is out. But for the most part, it's kind of they're choosing from a full deck. And if you were to say Johnny Sexton, Ross Byrne and Jack Crowley, I think a lot of people would probably have been very surprised by that. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that comes off the back of nearly every single squad uh, over the last couple of years where Joey has been fit and available. He has been selected, but... You know, we don't really know Andy Farrell's thinking just yet or, or the discussion he had with Joey Carberry, but he obviously just feels like, you know, that Ross Byrne is, is giving him something a little bit extra right now and that, you know, Jack Crowley is, is a new kid on the block who's learning his trade and can do it a couple of extra minutes and I think he could be a really good impact uh, off the bench in this year's Six Nations. What has, what has Joey Carberry not been bringing over the last couple of months that the likes of Ross Byrne and Jack Crowley have been offered? I think uh, I don't know if that's the question to ask. Um, I think Joey's been given like what does he have forty odd caps? Uh, he's been monster since what twenty seventeen, seventeen, isn't it? Yeah, I know he's had a couple of injuries along the way and, and a bit of a slow start, but and, and playing under a coaching regime previously to Roundtree that probably didn't suit his game or whatever. But I don't think you're going to learn a whole lot more from having Joey in the squad right now, right? Just, just on, let's just keep it at that level, for example, not necessarily focus on form. So if you're, if you're kind of Andy Farrell and you're sitting there and you're going, okay, you know, we need to make sure we have plenty of actual real starting options here at 10. Okay, um, Ross hasn't really got a lot of time at Ireland, um, but he's doing it week in, week out with Leinster. He's doing really, really well. He stepped up in November. Um, okay, you know what? We know Ross can run this back line and, and, and run this team really well um, and be very organised in that regard and command that respect. Let's reward him for that. Uh, Jack is exciting, right? Um, 
let's get you know he's an exciting talent and exciting prospect we can further our depth in that position potentially let's let's give him like there's nothing stopping him just parachuting Joey in by the way here like and I wouldn't be surprised if Joey maybe gets a little bit of exposure in camp but um, I think he's kind of furthering, increasing his depth in that position, giving vital minutes to players that probably needed coming into a World Cup year, uh, rewarding form, which is reinforcing in terms of the internal competition and selection, making sure everyone just stays on their toes uh, in, in camp. Um, so I, I think, I, I don't know, like, Joey should always look to be evolving his game. Every player should be looked to evolve in his game, but I don't know if that's the question to ask right, uh, right now. Do you expect to see a response out of him in the next couple of day games? We should, I bloody hope so. Yeah, look, obviously, I, I think, as you say, uh, sport is all about adapting to, to what's been put in front of you. And for Joey, I'm sure he would have been looking forward to the Six Nations uh, and playing in it. And he still yet may play a part, yeah. we're not sure. Uh, but for him, his focus right now will be Munster and, and getting some minutes in. And he'll absolutely be looking to put in some big performances and show Andy Farrell what he can do and that he can actually have an impact on this Irish squad. In terms of some of the other notable calls, you mentioned Jamie Osborne, the only uncapped player in the in the 37. What has impressed you most about him over the, the kind of 18 months, two seasons we've seen out of him so far? Size of his legs. <laughs> Great quadzillas on him. Um, the money makers. Um, <laughs> good thing this is a podcast. Uh, this isn't getting edited out. <laughs> <laughs> he... Uh, um, he's well, a big man. He's a big man. He's, he's a big specimen. He's from Kildare. I can't say that enough. Um, uh, I think, look, you know, it's funny. I, I, I reached out to some players who were playing with him, kind of going, like, you know, is it hype or is he the real deal? Like, being with him, they're all saying it's the real deal. Um, he's got a monster of a kick. Um, he's a big player. Um, and he's got a lot of potential. And, and he's, he's taking the chances as they come. He's playing... You know, imagine playing outside Johnny Sexton and the confidence that must give you in terms of, like, Johnny says, do this, and you're like, okay. You know what I mean? And you know nine times out of ten it's going to work. And, and also, he's, you've got to remember, I would, say, like, I would say a lot of Leinster's internal training sessions and games are probably harder than the majority of games they play week in, week out in domestic or European league. And he's up to that standard. He's rising above that. And I think he's getting rewarded for that. And I think this is the natural progression step for him to get a, like, hopefully get captured in the Six Nations. And I think he'll take it. And he'll be a great, again, furthering our, our depth in a, a position where we probably relied on, you know, Robbie and Gary for so long. And Robbie, Gary, kind of Bundy. Yeah, kind of that, that trio. Yeah. You know, it's great to have some young blood. And you know what? It's, it's no harm, right? It's no harm to kind of like, you know, fire a rocket up up fellas and kind of going like here's a young buck you know he's going to be coming in there and all he like right he'll come in and be like excited just to be there but then he'll get a taste and he'll be like oh i want this and he'll be pushing the other lads like that's what you hope right and that's what you want because then that will elevate the standards of everyone make sure everyone, no one's sitting on their toes and that's what we need right now for not just this six nations but also coming into a world cup and hannah does it say a lot for the work Osborne is doing around the pitch, just like his general work and attack and defence yeah. that, you know, he's, he's only scored two tries for Leinster, one of them being last week and the other one being on his debut. So he's played a lot of rugby in between where he hasn't been scoring. And when you see youngsters coming on, a lot of the time, the, the early kind of opinions of them are based around how much they're scoring. But with him, it's generally just around his, 
his 80 minutes out the pitch. Yeah, but I think that's where you can uh, tell a lot about a player. You know, we all love to score. I'm sure you yeah. love to score, but it doesn't always happen every game, you know, and players around you know that a lot of... Uh, people who get on the end of tries aren't the one who have done most of the work in that. And I think centre is such a pivotal position, both in attack and defence, that you know he's able to show that within a Leicester team that has such quality depth, he's able to stand up. He got player of the match last week. you know, um, And as we've mentioned, he is a big, big man, full of talent. He's well able to defend and put some big hits in. Um, and, and he can attack as well. And if he gets scores on the end of it, I'm sure he's delighted and Leinster are delighted. But I think his focus going into games is how can he help the team and how can he improve the general play of the team and, and not how many tries can I score. He's going to be excited about getting the gear. Yeah. <laughs> you, mentioned, you, men- you mentioned earlier on about how, like with a lot of these calls, it shows that Andy Farrell is you know, not afraid to just make his selections on form. And one of those players who has been getting in and has been playing really, really well now is Gavin Coombs yeah. back in the squad. What have, what have you seen from him over... This probably this eight game block, particularly when you when you consider how tough he'd had it at the start of the season being dropped. That was obviously a huge blow, and he's come back six tries in his last eight games, and he's been really really influential for Munster. I think the try thing skews it a little bit. Like a lot of his tries have been like pretty up close and personal, um, and he's a big man, right? So he's leveraging his strengths there, and it's very hard to stop him, right? But I think that's that. I don't think that's been the problem in Gavin. Um, I think. Gavin broke through. He's a, he's a, you can talk about big specimens. He's a massive human. And he, he, he slotted in the second row at the weekend. He's so tall. Um, but as well, he's wide as well. But I think he broke through. In a really weird way, it's kind of easy for uh, an individual to break in, break onto the scene because no one knows about you. And maybe they don't do the research on you or they don't do kind of uh, the back end work on, uh, on you. So you kind of have, you know, you catch them off guard. Real test becomes in season two and season three and how you kind of kick on from there. And I felt that he broke through, but then kind of like plateaued to a certain degree. Um, and it's probably been the shot in the arm that he needed, been probably a bit humbling for him not to be included and, and you know, take some messages back and, and work on his game, work on his fitness. Uh, and that's what it looks like. He, he's looking a lot fitter athletically. Uh, he looks like he's getting through a lot more work on the field, and he's not coming alive just inside the 22. He's been busy throughout the entire field. Um, for someone like him, that you know, that kind of size player, getting through massive work, getting on the ball around the entire field, not just like five, ten meters out from the line, oh, that's a dangerous proposition to defend against. Um, and if he kind of can build on that, because the fact of the matter is, if you sit in your laurels and you don't evolve as a player, in the back row in Ireland, you will not get in because the competition is so high. Uh, you've got World Player of the Year in that back row right now. You've got uh, Caelan Doris, who is just immense. You've got a former li- a lion who was a lion in 2021 who can't get you know can't get into the team right now. You know, that's the level of competition. You've got a former lion captain there as well who's like, you know, grumpy as hell. The guy you want on your side and not going to give up his position. So. This is only step one for Gavin, for example. He's he's got to he's got to deliver again. He's got to up his game again to to put his put his name in the hat to start. Um, and if he doesn't, then it will be he'll get another very humbling lesson. And final one for you both before I get the the final prediction for the who's going to win the tournament. But um, if we look at the fixtures, Ireland have France at home. That's probably the the big the big game early on in the competition for Ireland. 
France are the only of the, the major nations Andy Farrell hasn't beaten over this, this World Cup cycle. And if you consider there's a chance that they could be playing each other in a World Cup quarterfinal in a few months' time as well, how important would it be to just get over a hurdle like that Ahead of okay, Jamie, you're sighing on that one. What's your thought on that? No, no, no. You, you go for it. I, I think you know. Obviously, that probably is in the back of Andy Farrell's mind at the minute. He'd love to get a win on that, but as we mentioned earlier, I don't think um, losing to France would be the be-all and end-all for this Ireland team. Um, you know, would it be nice? Absolutely. And do I hope it happens? And do I think it will happen? Absolutely. Uh, with that home advantage, but. You know, uh, for Andy Farrell, his focus will just be on the Six Nations as a whole, taking it one game at a time, giving the relevant players minutes that he feels is going to prepare them adequately for uh, the World Cup coming up this year. And, yeah, look, you'd be hoping to avoid France, but if you avoid France, you get New Zealand. So, look, either way, your games are going to be tough come that quarterfinal, um, you know, and, and we have to be prepared for that, whoever it is. But um, it sets us up for a cracking Six Nations. Yeah, and I suppose the flip side as well of France is they have a lot of injuries they're coming to Dublin with a squad that's probably going to be a little bit different to what they'll have at the World Cup anyway yeah I think like we're quite I think Andy's done a great job of getting the guys being quite comfortable with you know saying they want to win a World Cup like I remember like we weren't even allowed to say that or think that you know God forbid you actually you're playing to win a competition right so they've gotten very comfortable saying that in terms of vision. They've gotten very comfortable saying, yeah, we want to win a Six Nations as well, right? There's nothing wrong with saying that, right? That's the ambition of everyone. Um, I think in terms of expectation, where we are in terms of like our position in world rugby right now, um, where we want to be, we should win our home games. You know, we should, no matter who it is now. That's the standard that we are at. That's the expectation. We should be very comfortable in that. Um, and I think it's it's it, it's not the be all and end all in the year that it is, or even in the Six Nations. You can you can lose a game, still win the Six Nations. But I think <clears throat> the expectation of us winning it's not it, it's not a good outcome if we lose. But um, it's not the be all and end all if that makes sense. No, am I talking waffle? No, I get you. Quick quick answers. Who's going to win the Six Nations? Ireland. Ireland are going to win. Uh, my heart says Ireland. What does your head say? Don't know. <laughs> Do you ever know what your head I says? Never get it, no. <laughs> There's like battles going on in my head the whole time. I would not be good in the bookies. Uh, the France game is going to be huge. Is that the decider, essentially, you think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you have it. That's Jamie Eastlip and Hannah Taylor, who will be part of RT's Six Nations coverage here. A reminder, the games that will be on RT rounds two, three and four against France, Italy and Scotland and all games as well live on RT Radio 1. Guys, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.